And we are back with part X of the Red Nation Noobs podcast, the 250th episode. There was no way I was going to go 250 without having the original, at least most of the original, Red Nation Hoops crew. How are you guys doing, man? Oh, man, doing great. It's uh, the middle of middle of the offseason, nothing going on, uh, so I'm glad to be here talking with you guys. That's Taylor Pate, by the way. Uh, when, when you introduce yourself, go ahead and, and do your uh, your name, your Twitter handle, whatever you guys want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor Pate, uh, Apollo Media. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Taylor L. Pate. All right. And I'm Kyle Schillick, uh at KChilly22. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Just uh, a little bored, waiting for basketball to come back. A little tired of seeing uh, the timeline rejoice every time Garuba gets a rebound. So this is a fun distraction. <laughs> Yeah, it's going great. Thanks for having us on. Uh, this is George Flores uh, at George C Flores twenty two. I'm just a normal dude, um, but uh, it's great to be back talking talking hoops with you guys again. You know what's hilarious? I I actually think you and Taylor were both the original two to come on first. I think it was you, Taylor, George, and Paul. And unfortunately, Paul is not here yet. Or if you know, I don't know if he's coming or not. But like, if he is going to come on, he'll come on in the middle of the stream. But I, it is. I'm, I am happy we finally got you guys back on the podcast. And like, I, what was a lot? Do you guys remember the last time you guys were on the show? I know, Kyle, you were on very yeah, recently, nah, but like ta- 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 Taylor yeah. and George, sometime in the James Harden era. <laughs> okay, I, I want to say I was on after the uh, CP3 uh, uh, acquisition. I think that was no way. Yeah, no way. Sure. Okay, okay. I did, it's a pretty significant podcast. Okay, all right. Um. All right, so it's been like at least five years, I would say, for both of you guys, who are you both, Taylor and George, uh, since you guys were on the show. And the Rockets, as you said, are in a totally different face in their in their franchise life cycle. And it's, it's, it's different, right? Covering the team is different. I don't have to cover the game-to-game anymore because I don't think the game-to-game is important. The games don't matter. Like I, I think if you grab like a large swap of the, swap the games, I think that's important because you're like judging the rookies and, and young players and all that. But it, it, in general, like I don't feel like the game to game coverage is, it really matters. I think it's really about the off season. I think it's really about the development. I think it's really about the trade deadline, uh, the draft, all that stuff, and the actual on court product is kind of secondary slash tertiary. And I, I, I don't know. I just feel like. I don't. The way I cover the team has had to shift, and we're two years in. Uh, I guess I want to ask you guys: like, are you guys happy with the direction of the rebuild? Is it going the way you wanted it to go? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I mean, you're right. Like, it doesn't matter if Jalen Green has a bad, you know, night, uh, but if that starts kind of like shifting into like a bad, you know, fifteen games in a row, or like a you know a bad stretch of games where where you know we're seeing like regression. Um, from his rookie season and stuff like that. That's uh, that's kind of a big deal. But yeah, I mean, like w- the team is so young right now that it's like you're gonna you're gonna see a ton of mistakes. You're gonna see a ton of growing pains, and um, that's kind of like just kind of where we're at. And with um, I guess the the draft haul for the last couple of years, um, the Rockets have added a lot of length, a lot of athleticism. Um, and obviously Jalen green has superstar potential. Um, Kevin Porter jr. Came over for, you know, almost nothing. Um, and he's shown, I don't know, 
some flashes of being somebody, um, maybe a little bit of a knucklehead, but uh, if he can turn it all around, he's got a lot of skill. Um, there's been a lot of talent acquisition over the last couple of years, and I think it's it's headed in the right direction for sure. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I'm excited for the overall direction. I think there's a lot to be seen as to how uh, Stone and the rest of the front office will handle putting things together when it actually like matters. Like It matters if your free agent acquisition fits with this guy and you got to worry about the more uh, minute parts of the cap handling contracts. Right now, none of that matters, so it's kind of hard to tell. But, I mean, so far, from a, with a wide lens, I think everything's going in a pretty good direction, just picking the tank and sticking with it. Yeah, I think... I think the rebuild, the way it's going, is kind of perfect for my expectations of it. Um, you know, you lose a, a superstar the caliber of James Harden, um, and essentially that jump starts your franchise from ground zero all over again. Um, to get a talent like Jalen Green right away, to get some promising young prospects like Alfred and Shingun and Jabari Smith, I mean, that's talent that can be evaluated. And like Solomon said, you don't have to pay attention to every game and box scores and stuff like that. It's really just about development. And we're seeing some exciting stuff on the floor, even in, you know, 20 straight games, uh, 20 straight, 20 straight losses. Like you're seeing, you're still seeing some fun stuff uh, and some real takeaways from a promising factor. I mean, from a rebuild standpoint, there's been so much worse around the league that I think the Rockets are in such an awesome spot that, they could some of the Rockets Twitter. I'm sure we'll get into this, but some of Rockets Twitter is already thinking play in, and I think that's that's just the sign that that we're going in the right direction. Yeah, it is interesting. Like I actually think you could credibly cover the Rockets right now without watching all 82 games. Like I think you could actually do that pretty well. Um, and it, as long as you're paying attention, right? As long as you're paying attention, you're like zooming in. You're looking at box scores. You're like coming. You're actual watching, actually watching games like every five or five or ish games or so. Um, I think I think it's that can actually be accomplished because, as you said, uh, George, like a lot of this is on the macro. A lot of this is is like, are they getting the big stuff right? And I think for right now, um, you know, that that's kind of what I'm interested to see, which hear what you guys have to think. And like, this is kind of I, I don't want to give my opinion at all. I, so if I have ever tempted to give my opinion, you guys pull me back on this. This is going to be the Rockets fan perspective. You guys are all diehard Rockets fans. I want to know. I want to check in with you guys. It's kind of a survey. I, I've created a list of questions here. We're going to get into that minutia. We, you know, we talked. We started off with this grand question, you know, more abstract. How you guys feel about it? Now we're going to get into every little detail that you guys kind of touched upon. Uh, starting with Stephen Silas. So Stephen Silas has been the head coach for two seasons now. What's your opinion of him? Um, I think there's been some promise. Um, you know, you kind of look at the the last, uh, I don't know, 10 games or so of last season, and you start to saw, start to see um, a little bit of, I guess, more dynamic, um, you know, movement with the offense. And, and it seemed to have kind of unlocked Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green to be playing without Christian Wood, um, who, you know, for better or worse, was taking a lot of shots and, and um, creating a lot of ISOs and stuff like that. Um there's been some questionable uh, rotations, and I know Twitter has been very upset at times with Steven Silas. Um, but I think he's okay. Do I think he's, you know, their championship coach when this team 
reaches that next level? Probably not. But I mean, I think he's a good developmental coach and he seems like a good guy. So um, in the meantime, he's building a culture and kind of helping steady the ship until they are ready for that moment. Yeah, uh, I would say that my strongest feelings about it are just that a lot of coaching is stuff that we don't see. And so a lot of times it gets really simplified on like Twitter or it's just like people mad about the rotations for players that like Usman Garuba, I see it all the time. Like, Oh, he's got to play more, but it's like, he might be terrible in practice. Why should they just give him minutes? And I feel like a lot of the criticism comes from that. And so I just feel like it's really hard to say right now when nothing really matters. And it's just like hard for him to really do what he wants to do. And his like, two of his better players were eight, 19 years old. It's kind of hard to institute something that's complicated. I think we would have got a better look if he did actually get a year with James Harden. But for now, I feel like it's kind of up in the air, but I think he's definitely, definitely deserves uh, more time to kind of prove that he's more than just uh, like a good feels, help bring the kids along kind of guy. I wouldn't write off the possibility that he is more than that, but he also hasn't really get, gotten a chance to show it. Yeah, and to Kyle, Kyle's point right there, I mean, it is hard to evaluate uh, either positive or negatively, like, what he's doing. I'm not a huge X's and O's guy, uh, and Twitter cares about the rotations far more than I do when I'm I'm actively rooting to lose these games, right? So it's hard it's hard to really evaluate that, you know, what Steven Stiles is doing on the floor as as far as, like, the talent that he has at his, uh, at his disposal, and it's really just flashes of talent right now, right? Um I think he's sort of the perfect guy to foster some development with these younger players. I mean, like Kyle said, we're dealing with some some draft picks that were 19, and it, that's just insanity, including a 19-year-old who's like a professional in another country. And, and so it's it's hard to evaluate really other than is he connecting with the players and do they want to play for him? Um, and are they going to start to develop good habits? Because right now, when you're that, when they're that young, it's hard to even – hard to even know what their good habits and bad habits are going to be. And I think Silas is the perfect guy to just like, you let him have his four years, let him run out his contract and then reevaluate when that time comes. So there's, there's what, two years left. I think you just reevaluate, let him play it out. And in the two years, the rebuild might be what it is. And I don't, like Taylor said, I don't really see Steven Silas being the uh, championship coach of the future, but there's no harm in letting him try to get there right now. I love that framing. Is he the is he the championship coach of the future? Because that, that is what the Rockets are going to be debating when his contract is does run out, right? Like that's what they're going to be debating when they decide to give him his next contract or not. And um, I, I think that's kind of what what I want to how I want to use. I'm going to steal that framing for a lot of these next questions. So next question is the is the next best player on the next great, great Rockets team? Like is the best player on the next great Rockets team? Excuse me. Is he already on the roster? And if so, who is it? Oh, um, I think he could be. Um, <laughs> I think Jalen Green can be the best player on the team at that point, um, given the flashes that we've seen. Um, you know, scoring wise, he's obviously electric. Um, I think he has a lot of potential defensively. Um, he is a little bit slight, but he's. Uh, you know, very quick. Um, and obviously he can jump. Um, you know, he's got to kind of put together some of the more fundamental stuff on that side of the floor. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, I think he could be, I, I don't, I would, I would be pressed to say that, um, by the time that they're ready to add, you know, maybe a free agent, um, that's coming in, hopefully by that point, if they're doing that, Jalen green has already kind of like ascended to that next step. Um, and they're adding somebody who's complimentary to him. Maybe they can get somebody that's like a complete superstar, but, um, you know, if, if he's not showing that kind of promise, then, you know, or if the team's not showing that kind of promise, then it seems, um, hard to believe that they'd be getting somebody that's like a superstar level player in free agency. Is that a yes or no? I do. We, we, we can't skirt this. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, um, I'll, 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 I'll lock it in. I'll say yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was really going to uh, try and ride the line there, but I guess it's not an option anymore. Mm-mm. Um, nope. Yeah, so I think Jalen Green obviously could get there. I don't I don't ever see him being like the kind of heliocentric, like you just roll him out there and he's going to run everything and be the guy. I don't really think he's that kind of guy. But also, I don't know if you really need that guy to be a great team. Like, I wouldn't say Tatum's like that. And the Celtics still work out, so I guess. I well, is, Tat- is, Tat- is Tatum the be- can-, can Tatum be the best player on a championship team? Can I, I mean, flip that on you? They, yeah, I don't see why not. They made it to yeah. the finals. They, I could easily see him back there again. I would say yes. Then can Jalen be Tatum? Well, I mean, not 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 not, exactly, not that kind of player. Yeah. yeah, but like that level of player. But yeah, I mean, I could see him being uh, leading the league in scoring kind of guy. I think. And you see players get their passing chops up all the time. Like uh, DeMar DeRozan was a terrible passer for a lot of his career. And then he, that just comes along with playing, reps, seeing those defenses come at you. So I guess I'd say yeah, and it's Jalen Green. It's, yeah, I'm a bit lower okay. on Jabari than a lot of draft people were. And Shingun has deficiencies as much as I love him. I guess I'll go with the uh, contrarian opinion here. I love Jalen Green. I do think he's a future all-star, and I do think uh, he's going to be extremely marketable and exciting for the Rockets going forward. Um, but it's easier to bet the field, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bet the field, and I'm thinking, you know, at some point, Rafael Stone is going to identify an emerging superstar to trade for, um, similar to the way Daryl Morey took a chance on, I mean, taking a chance is putting it lightly, but the way he went and got James Harden, uh, James Harden wasn't that perennial all-star just yet, but everyone knew he was going to be that. So, like, who knows what happens? The league changes so much on a month-to-month basis. Uh, it's been kind of a quiet off-season, but that could change while we're recording. So you never know when someone's going to become available that you weren't expecting. And so I'm going to bet the field. I'm going to say that the Rockets don't have that person on the roster. Um, Jalen Green could absolutely get there. Um, I just think there's a there's – a, a better, a better than zero chance that uh, the Rockets trade for a guy or sign a guy um, that essentially that it almost immediately usurps Jalen Green's position as that number one guy and and that perennial superstar. Like if there's someone out there like a I don't know like a Jalen Brown for example, and the Celtics thing doesn't work out, why wouldn't the Rockets trade for that? So I'm gonna bet the field and I'm gonna say I think Jalen Green can get there, but I think uh, I think it's more likely that someone else will take that spot first. I love that answer. I love like when you said I, I I'm gonna bet the field. I didn't think you, that's where you were gonna go with that. And, and like you know, in in terms of externally getting a guy, 
Uh, I thought you were going to more talk about the rest of the roster and like the fact that you're talking about potentially, oh, they're going to go trade for the next guy. Or they're going to go sign the next guy. I, lo- I like that. I like that. It takes some gonads to bet that because Rockets fans are not going to be happy with you. But uh, listen, it's it's probably like statistically, it's probably true. You know, it's probably true that the, the best player isn't on the roster yet. Um, Okay. How many future stars are currently on the roster? Who are they? And I, when I say stars, I mean all-stars. They can credibly make an all-star team. How many of those guys are on the team? I will say there are... There are three future all-stars on the team. <sighs> okay. All right. Um, Who are they? And, and is this like any time, at any point in their career, like they make you know an all-star game? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. fine. Um, okay. I'm going to go with obviously Jalen green. Um, this is a shot, a big shot, but I, I, I want Alper and Shingun to get there. Um, and I think Jabari Smith can potentially have enough of an impact defensively while having, um, a, you know, decent enough game to, uh, to, to score, you know, maybe 18 to 20 points a game uh, and, and hit an all-star game in his career. That's a little bit of high hopes, um, especially with Shingun. Um, but yeah, that's, I'll, I'll go with three currently. That's uh, a lot higher than I would go. Uh, I'd say one and it's Jalen Green. Mm. I, I, it's just, if Shangun was two inches taller, and I love Shangun with all my heart, but it's just, he's small, and so it's gonna be hard to overcome that. I mean, maybe there's like a weak year, like when Sabonis got in and he sneaks in, but a weak year. Wow. But wow. As am I Shangun slandering or uh, Sabonis no, no, slandering? Who am I slandering? <laughs> No, no, no! I'm just interested. I'm, listen, I can't comment. I can't comment. I, I am yeah, not allowed to comment. comment. But all right. Is it, uh, d- no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I, it's just hard. Um, I mean, and for Shingun, I'm going a little tangent. For Shingun to like really matter and be more than like a six man, he's going to have to be an all star. Like a six man. He's gonna, I'm not saying it's impossible. <laughs> I'm saying he's going to have to be an all-star level guy for him to really pop off and like matter in like late playoff series, just because his deficiencies are what they are. So I think he's the second most likely that's for including like next year's draft because the top of next year's draft looks loaded, but currently on the roster, I'd say he's the second most likely. And then beyond that, I think like Jabari is a pretty big long shot to me. Um, so I'd say one, Jalen Green, and then Shingun is a distant maybe second, but I would probably just bet one. I'm also going to go with one, and that's Jalen Green. Um, if I set the over-under at one and a half, I'm, I'm taking the under. Um, I Someone like Jabari Smith is intriguing because of his frame and because of his versatility, but at the same time, um, he's really going to have to set the tone defensively for the Rockets, and I don't think you make the all-star game if you're just a, a kick-ass defender anymore. You know what I mean? You got to be Dwight Howard. You got to be Draymond Green. You got to be Rudy Gobert even. like. Yeah, I guess when I you think don't... of like uh, Richard Lewis, which is kind of like the archetype for uh, for somebody like, like Jabari, 
Uh, I don't think he ever made an All Star game. He did. He, he, he did twice. Okay. Twice. He okay. made, he made well, two All Star so games. There you go. There you go. Maybe right. maybe there's your there's your possibility. But it is so loaded in the front court these days. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and just to go with the Richard Lewis thing. I mean, again, th- those are some kick ass teams. I don't know that I see the Rockets having like multiple All Stars anytime soon. Uh, and again, like just to kind of double down on on my earlier betting the field, like. I, I think if the Rockets have two all-stars, it's someone and Jalen Green, not Jalen Green and anyone who's on the roster currently. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say one is Jalen Green. And, and for me, he's like a lock in that sense, um, especially if things could progress the way that the way they have been. He's been he's looked awesome. But uh, with Shingun, I, I think I think that's uh, that's our hearts talking and not our brains. Um, we love Shingun. There's not there's. There's no more like lovable Rockets player right now. He's already on like my all role player team in Rockets history. I just I love that all team. role player team. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, but that's 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 my heart talking. You know what I mean? That's that's um. I'd love for I'd love for him to get there because that means that the Rockets are doing something right uh, on the floor. But I don't see it for Shingun, and I certainly don't see it for essentially anyone else on the team right now. It's Jalen Green. It's Jabari Smith potentially. Um, and you know, uh, big Vic out in France, uh, potentially next year. And that's about it. Like that's, um, it's Jalen green. Yeah. I lo- I love when Kyle kind of sets the tone for this podcast because like l- l- last time he said he compared, who was it? I think you compared Kevin Porter jr. Uh, to somebody. And I thought the comparison was wild and I clipped it and made sure, uh, it was on social. Do you remember what it was? It's Carrie. The comparison. Levert. Karis Levert. Yeah. yeah, you compared Kevin Porter Jr. to Karis Levert. You actually, you actually had some people agreeing with you. So maybe Very it's me. People. Maybe I'm in the minority. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we we found we found our clip. Let's just say that we found our clip for social media. Intern, get on that. Um. Okay. So since we since we just mentioned Kevin Porter Jr., here's my next one. Will Kevin Porter Jr. be the point guard of the next great Rockets team? If your answer is yes, make your case. If your answer is no, my follow-up question is, will he be on the next great Rockets team at all? Um, my answer is no. Um, I, don't think, I don't think Kevin Porter Jr.'s skills are best utilized at point guard. Um, and especially with like how efficient he was um, with catch and shoots last year, um, I just feel like at some point, you know, somebody's gonna come kind of take that spot, and which is it's fine because you know he's what six six with you know a long frame showed a lot of defensive potential last season, um, and so you can slide him to other positions, and you can have like a you know. A lineup of dudes who are, you know, six five, six six, six seven, and all have long, you know, wingspans and and can switch on defense and stuff like that. Um, and then you kind of like get that better part of his his game where he can spot up and you know um, and hit these catch and shoot threes. Um, that being said, um, you know, I do think that. He is fine for the meantime as a point guard. You know, Twitter's Twitter loves to argue about this. Um, he's doing fine in the interim. 
if he's good enough at it and it works out, sure. I just don't see it being the case. Uh, what was the follow-up question? Will he be on the next great Rockets team at all? Yeah, I could see that. I could see him being on the. No, on the it's next. not. I could see that. It's it's it's. Do, will he be on the rock next great Rockets team or, or not? Um. No. Okay, there we go. I love lock-ins. Okay, there we go. All right. Well, I think his viability at point guard kind of depends on Shangun popping off. And like I just said, I didn't say he was going to be an all-star. So I guess I'd have to say that, no, I don't think he's a future point guard. But this year is kind of the, the time of year where I see Kevin Porter doing Kevin Porter things. You just remember how talented this dude is. And then I start kind of buying into it, even though I'm kind of a resident skeptic on Rockets Twitter, I would say, of Kevin Porter Jr. But, like, I get why people are so high on him when I see everything he can do. But I just think he's, like, he's a good passing wing. He's a good ball-handling wing. But that doesn't make you a point guard. And I don't think it ever will. Um, there goes that W word, wing, wing. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. yeah, like if he was on the wing, he'd be a plus. But since he's not, he's a minus at those things. You know? Uh, mm. So on the next team, man, I, that's a tough one. I I think it's more likely than not that he is not on the next team just because um, I don't know how. I think his game is scalable, but will he scale his game down? Is a pretty big question right now. And so I think it's mm-hmm. just. And then it, like the efficiency may just never come along. He's never put together like the rim shooting and the three point shooting at the same time. And so like the odds of him being able to knock down both of those are probably not too high. So I guess I'd have to go with no. Um, I. I agree. I don't think he'd be a point guard um, of the next great Rockets team. And I think part of that is also, is due to redundancy. I mean, um, Jalen Green is really good off the ball, but you want Jalen Green to have the ball and, and cook a little bit. And Kevin Porter, that's like almost his entire offensive game. He's a good passer, but he kind of needs the ball and he needs to cook a little bit. So I think there's a little redundancy there. I also don't think you need to recreate the James Harden wheel. Mike D'Antoni unlocked James Harden by making him a point guard. I don't think you need to do the same thing here with Kevin Porter. And so I don't think he's the the point guard of the next great team. Part of me wishes that he was playing two and Jalen Green was like two inches taller and Jalen Green could learn how to be just like a really long defensive def- defensive potential three and, and, I, and just see what happens, get a more traditional kind of like Almost like DJ Augustine was on the on the tanking team, like just like just a regular point guard, knock down some threes, but just distributing the ball. And I think that's what the Rockets should be looking for in a point guard um, going forward. As far as the next great Rockets team, just because of the the state of the rebuild and so there's going to be so many moving parts. I don't think Rockets Twitter kind of seems like we're locked into this team from time to time, but. There's going to be so many moving parts. I can see half this roster not being there anymore. Some of our favorites aren't even going to be there next season or the or the season after that. And so, so I don't think I don't think he'll be um, on the next great Rockets team at all. Just for for the fact that I don't think he's the point guard, and I don't um, I, I just there's too much volatility out there. Like right now, the only lock to me is Jalen Green, 
uh, even a guy like Jabari Smith, he's going to have to show it. He's a rookie coming in. And I think those are your cornerstone pieces. And, and Kevin Porter Jr. is just kind of on the outside looking in as far as cornerstones go. Yeah, I got to say, I think we've broken the record for the amount of times we've said Rockets Twitter on this podcast, like ever. Like, it's just, it's just there's a constant fear there. And I, I have a feeling we're not making many friends there. And I actually don't think a lot you guys are saying anything crazy. I actually uh, do agree with the general sentiment there on KPJ. Uh, maybe not so much on Shangun, but, you know, again, I'm not allowed to comment. I'm not allowed to comment here. This is not me. Um, okay. Well, let's get to Shangun then. I, I, I do want to go back to it. Why not? Don't make me say anything why, mean why, about my baby boy. Please. Why can't why can't he be a star? How about this? Like since since uh, it seems like Taylor, uh, you do believe he can be a star. Let's uh, we're gonna keep this strictly to Kyle and George. Why cannot like what is holding Elper and Shingun back from becoming a star player in the future? I I didn't say he can't be a star. I'd say it's less likely. Check the mm. film, but uh, okay. <laughs> Again, if he was two inches taller, so he could just kind of stand in the way at the rim and just be big, it, that would change a lot. But it's just going to be so hard for him to stay on the floor in big games just because I think he was a little better than advertised defensively his first year until like the wheels kind of fell off and everyone kind of fell off defensively. But like towards the beginning of the year, he was better. It's just that he's just small like, and he can't get those shots up. Like he gets... Compared to Jokic, not as a passer, I guess, but like Jokic has where he's just huge and he's just going to put a little shot put right over you and there's nothing you can do. Whereas a Shangun, he's got a battle for those little inside looks. Like even in these Euro games, he's like pump faking, having to put his body into dudes just to get clean looks off at the rim. And I just think that's going to limit him a lot. But I also think it's possible that he just learns how to really like keep defenders on the ground with his body and get those shots off more often, can play more up top DHO game. Like if that all pops off, I could see him being a star. But right now I'd say the biggest thing holding him back isn't really skill. I guess a jump shot would be nice too, but it's mostly the size thing and that he can only play center really. Block and steal rate. Okay, George. George. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's the size for me. It's also, again, like Kyle was saying, he just kind of has to be the five and he's a little undersized as a five and and if he's a four i mean he can do some stuff that that you would love your your fours and fives to do i mean one of the one of the most dynamic passers i've seen from a guy that size but at the same time he's a little undersized for what he's supposed to be doing defensively and and you can you can run an offense through him uh sparingly and i think that i think that works really well and it's a lot of fun and that's 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 the reason why we love him so much he's, he's so much fun i mean i saw i saw a clip today from uh from a, from one of his games uh, internationally, and he like Euro stepped. The the quote said Euro stepped past Nikola Jokic, but it was more like Euro stepped and like slowed down and put a shot up over Jokic. He didn't really go past him, and I think that's part of the issue. Like he's not he's not going to be dominant offensively. He's going to be awesome. He's going to have he's going to have moments, but it's also it's hard to be an all star in the NBA. I mean, and and you're looking at the Western Conference and. It's something. It almost seems like nothing's changed in since I joined the podcast last five years ago. The West is still awesome. There's still so many all-star caliber players in the West that don't make all-star teams. And if if Alpen and Shingun makes an all-star team as a Rocket, that means one or two other Rockets made the team as well. And I, that's awesome. That's like the ideal. That's where we want the Rockets to be. But at the same time, I 
the whole point of the rebuild is to build the foundation for championship contender going forward. And I don't know, uh, I don't know that we're, th- I mean, if we're thinking about guys like Kevin Porter Jr., Albert and Shingun, Jabari Smith Jr., and Jalen Green, and all these guys are like all-star potential. Are those the four guys that are, you know, the all-stars that are taking, that they're taking the Rockets deep into the playoffs? I don't know. And I personally don't think so. And I think that's what's holding Albert and Shingun back. It's also a matter of circumstance. Uh, the Rockets might ultimately end up not being the best team for him. They are right now because they're bad and there's nothing else on the floor. But it might it might just turn out that he that he can blossom elsewhere as well. Fair fair points. Um, I'll say I'll say this um, on a scale of one to ten. I'm gonna I'm gonna change questions because I was I felt like I was about to comment there, but I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna veer I'm gonna veer here on a scale of one to ten. What is your confidence level in the new front office under Rafael Stone? And how does that differ, if at all, from your confidence under the previous regime with Daryl Morey? Um, scale of 1 to 10, i got to be like maybe a 6. I'll push it and say 6.5. Um, nothing has been super flashy. Um, there's been some nice moves. Um, you know, he's... Rafael's been good at getting, you know, value deals. Um, he made the trade for uh, Alperin Shingun. Um, you know, there's there's some promise, but I just, it's like we've said, like nothing matters. They're throwing shit at the wall and seeing if it sticks. And and like that that's kind of the point that we're at, you know. The shit's in the air on the way to the wall. We have no idea if any of it's going to actually land. Um so, so it's really it's hard to say at this point, but I will say the the rebuild, in terms of like having potential to like turn around and be successful, is happening a lot faster than I expected it to. Um, and there are like you can kind of like start to see, you know, visions of what they have as an idea for the team moving forward, and you know where this could you know kind of assimilate into something that that looks really good on the court um and you know with i guess with this regime versus the mori era um with mori i just always felt like no matter what he was swinging for the fences um and so that guy always felt like there was going to be something you know that happened uh i always felt as if daryl was going to make sure that if there was a deal to be had that improved the team, he was going to make it. And there was no safe plays. There was no, you know, um, like safety nets. Daryl was balls to the wall. Um, you know, we'll nail the shit to the wall and make it stick. Um, and that, that was, that was his whole, his whole, um, you know, MO. And I think this is a very safe so far approach to the rebuild. Which approach do you like better? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie, so, you know, balls to the wall is a lot more fun for me. Um, but for the the sake of the team, it's probably, probably better to go this approach. Um, not use all your assets, you know, like they were, uh, I don't know, something that you use a lot. <laughs> uh, not just, you know trade players and for you know forget about people and um yeah i mean obviously that rubbed a lot of players the wrong way uh it got a lot of chatter around the around the league 
Um, but I mean, it it made for some really good basketball teams. Yeah, uh, I'd probably go with the six just because as well, just because uh, it's almost like the hardest part of really doing a rebuild is getting ownership to give you the green light. Besides that, it's kind of the easy part. It's just like, yeah, we'll just be bad. We'll get picks and get town. And then you've got to hit on the picks, which honestly we don't really know how well he's done on that yet. It's like, of course, we see all the the nice signs and flashes and all that stuff, but really he's still really unproven i mean three three years in a on a rebuilding team is not a lot like he made the right decision in just going for the tank with harden but he didn't even i don't think they really meant to go for the tank right away that first year and kind of ended up there by luck and then even getting Jalen green was lottery luck 50 50 shot so i mean i don't think he's really been tested that much yet versus daryl did a lot uh daryl had Daryl couldn't tank. He didn't get that green light from Les to even be able to do what Rafael's done so far. Uh, so he just had the hard road and he made them a contender through it. So I think I'd definitely rather have Maury at the helm still, but it's kind of how the cookie crumbles, I guess. I mean, Stone could still be great. I just don't think that I've seen enough from him and that's not necessarily his fault to give him anything really good. Fair. George. So so I'm going to pre I'm going to preface this by saying I think the only reason Solomon even knows who I am is because Daryl Morey read and complimented me on a uh, on an article way back when before Red Nation who got really got started. So I'm very much a Daryl Morey guy. Um, and I've I've argued in favor of him on Twitter and with my friends and, and whatnot. So um, I don't think I have as much confidence in Stone as I would have in Daryl Morey. But that said, I, I think out of ten in, in Rafael Stone, I've got I've got a seven just because I think they're playing it smart. Um, I think they're they're doing the right things in terms of making these little low risk plays. Um, Taylor used the word safe, but I think it's it's smarter. It, I think it's more apropos to say that he's making smart plays because the Kevin Porter Jr. for nothing, the Harden trade return. You know, it's. Still, we're still trying to figure out if the value is probably never going to be there for James Harden, but is that return something that the Rockets can tout for years going forward? Um, the Jalen Green thing is a 50-50. They kind of were stuck with Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, just, just by virtue of the fact that they fell to three. So it's hard to say that, but I think they have hit on draft picks like Alpha and Shingun. And they have, they have made good, um, good team-friendly deals like with Jay Sean Tate recently and and I'll be very interested to see what they do with Kevin Porter coming up, whether he gets an extension or if they just see what the market, how the market plays out for him. But I've got confidence in it because it's also a very different circumstance than what, what we're used to with Daryl Morey um, as, as when he was Rockets GM. I mean, he was very much win now, and I can't remember the last sort of like big swing that didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, maybe the like letting Goran Dragic walk. For uh, for Jeremy Lin, oh, no. that's 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 my least favorite move. That he, essentially, I think I think Stone's making smart moves, but in a completely different circumstance. I mean, I brought up Darren Morey um, having to go win now. Once once you get that star like James Harden, Rafael Stone's not there. He doesn't need to be. I, I think as win now, and when you're win now, I think you make more of those uh, those risky plays. Um, 
I think you can make very low-level risks in the position that Rafael Stone's in right now, like a Kevin Porter Jr., for example, Jay Sean Tate on a, on a shorter deal, um, a team-friendly deal. And I think uh, I just think the circumstances are so different. I will, I will not be surprised if and when Jalen Green gets to that next level or if and when they identify who that next stud superstar is that they don't start just making these, these win-now plays. I think Rafael Stone's essentially eventually also going to come from the uh, – come from the school where, you know, first round picks don't matter. And I think he's showing that um, he's showing that he's done a good job in making those picks, but it, eventually when they want to win now, just trade those picks away and, um, and try to get those win now players, those, those superstars, if you can, or at least the, the, the highly touted and highly important role players. And so my confidence is pretty high. I think he comes from that Daryl Morey tree, but he just hasn't had the opportunity to flex those muscles in the same way because they're very different circumstances. Even when Daryl Morey, um, even when the Rockets were in the down years, Daryl Morey wasn't. It, what was the ca- the catchphrase was like? We're retooling. We're not rebuilding. Something like that. And so they get they get for three years straight. They get the fourteenth pick. I, as Rockets fans, we don't really know what Daryl Morey would have done as far as bottoming out goes. So I I think um, I think they're very different circumstances. I think Rafael Stone, out of circumstance, had to bottom out. Um, but when, once the Rockets get back to that sort of that level and maybe they're, they are playing for the play-in game and then they're trying to win the sixth seed and then in a few years trying to get home court or something like that, it, it, that's when I think Rafael Stone really starts to flex those, those muscles. And something that I think um, uh, that's going to be interesting going forward is the Rockets are, are hitting on a lot of players that, that, uh, that the fan base really likes, Alcott and Shingoon, Jabari Smith Jr. Eventually, you're going to have to pay all these players. So that means you're going to have to make some cuts, and that's when the I think, I think that's when things get really interesting for Rafael Stone is when is when these guys start to show their worth, and then they have to, and then you know who do you pay, who don't you pay, who do you trade, what does that return look like? So I think Ruff, right now he's just kind of it's still a little bit of a honeymoon not phase. Even a, it's, yeah, it's a little bit of a honeymoon phase, but it's not even a proving ground yet. He doesn't have to prove himself yet, um, just because of where they're at and. And I, I think the Rockets will be bad again this year, and he'll have another high draft pick, hopefully, and another guy that you might have to pay down the line. And so beyond this season, I think that's when the proving ground really starts, and, and you start to think about, like, what does is, what is the trade return for Eric Gordon look like? Do Are there some role players that we currently really love? Are they long for this team? Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, those guys. Um, those are the tough decisions. So I think we can't totally evaluate it, but I am confident that Stone's going to, keep the Rockets on track and, and get, get them back to a winning, a winning profile. If I may, also, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. This is also a very different conversation right now. If uh, Kevin Durant makes a different decision last week, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we would be having a very different conversation right now. Mm. Well, if I may, uh, I know I said I wouldn't comment. I'm going to break my rule. I actually do. I love everything George just said there. I'm going to echo it. I think, I, I I'm I'm a little closer to him on this. Like I I I've been critical of Rafael, but I think like confidence wise, like I think seven's a great rating, and like I think him and Daryl had to rebuild under completely different circumstances. I, I would say Daryl's were a little bit harder, uh, and you know he as Kyle said, he didn't have that leeway to go tank. You know he didn't have the ability to go do uh, what what Rafael is doing right now. And when when it gets to winning time, you know, uh, I think he's going to have to get aggressive and do some of those, you know, really hyper risky trades that you were talking about, Taylor. So it's going to be it is going to be interesting. Well, once they get to that phase, you know, you know, 
what kind of executive he is, uh, what kind of players he's going to go target, you know, how close he gets to completing deals, how, how many deals he can actually complete. Like, Daryl is a 10 out of 10 executive, right? I think we all can agree, probably one of the four best executives in basketball, right? I think that's a fair assessment, maybe five uh, at worst. Uh, and Rafael, it's just ha- we just haven't had that much time to really say where he is in that pecking order. You know, like I think uh, given time, you know, he could climb that he can climb that pecking order, too. You know, he could, he could be up there, too. We don't know that. I, I don't I sir, I'm certainly not ruling him out. But I'm, I'm also not saying he's there yet. I just think we're really early because of the approach he's been forced to take. Uh, we found out early with Daryl because the Harden trade happened so quickly. Like we found out five years into his tenure, like how, what kind of executive he was. Right, literally got the job in 2007. James Harden trade happens in 2012. Right, uh, I think it might take a little bit longer for Rafael, you know, like for us to really kind of know for sure. Okay, this is this is that guy, or this is not that guy, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, and and you know, the sixth rating that I gave him is that's really a it's like a default, you know. Um, there's mm. there's not really a way. To, to to judge you know there's there's just so little uh, material um, but what he has done has been good um, good enough uh, he hasn't done he hasn't made any egregiously bad moves and that's good yeah, yeah I'd say probably the worst thing he did was uh, um, the tight deal but he somehow wiggled out of that for nothing so yeah um, one could argue uh, taking Oladipo over Levert uh, was, you know, like there, there are mistakes in there, but it, they're in that same range of the Tice deal, right? Like they're like not something you can't wiggle your way out of or nothing franchise damaging. Like the, it's not like he did something that he couldn't get himself out of. Offering Oladipo the, uh, the extension was... Ooh, that could have been bad. Not, yeah, not, that not. could that could have been... Yeah, you're, that's a great callback. I, I, I would not have thought about... Yeah, that, if, that, if that deal went through, if, if Oladipo would have accepted... I, I can't yeah. I can't even imagine. I never know how to feel about that just because there's so much talk from like uh, McMahon about how both sides knew he wasn't going to take it. They just kind of did it so that he felt like they were serious about liking him or something. So I never know how like real it was because even Oladipo and asked about it. It was like, oh yeah, they knew that I probably wasn't going to take it, but like it's nice to feel wanted or whatever. So I don't know how if they ever thought they were really offering him that or just being like, look, we like you, buddy. It's a very weird situation that was. And it, felt like a for, it felt like a formality for other NBA teams. Just to be like, hey, the Rockets, they care about talented players. But the Rockets yeah. had, had to make that offer. Victor knew he wasn't going to take it. The Rockets knew he wasn't going to take it. It just felt like a formality so that you're not signaling to other franchises that or to other players that, that the Rockets aren't serious about talented about talented players, and so yeah, it just felt like a formality. I, I don't, I don't really. I, it would have been bad if, if that offer was accepted, but I, I, I don't think I, I think the offer was made knowing it wouldn't be accepted. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, and, and it is uh, worth noting that there are some eggs in the fire. Is it, is, it, is that is that the phrase? What's the phrase? There are some stuff in the fire. What is it? Irons, uh, right? Iron. <laughs> it's eggs. <laughs> Yeah, it's not eggs. It's definitely not eggs. There are some irons in the fire here, right? You you have the Evan Mobley, Jalen Green decision still out there, right? We don't know how that's going to play out. 
we have the Shangun thing, right? Like the fact that they decided to to use those assets for Shangun instead of doing what the Thunder did and use those assets for the Usman Jang, right? Like that's we still have no idea how that gamble is going to work out. I have a you know I suspect they'll they're going to end up in the right on that one, but who knows? I don't know that for sure. Uh, the Thunder don't know that for sure. The Rockets certainly don't either. And it'll be interesting to see like how those little bets pay off, you know. Um, and more broadly, I think. I think we're kind of in alignment in that he's not done anything terrible yet, but there have been close calls, right? As you said, the Oladipo one was a very close call, or as I guess George and uh, Kyle, you guys uh, seem to believe that wasn't really an offer to begin with. Yeah, I feel like they definitely leaked that. It was them leaking that to McMahon. It was it was weird. I feel like this front office is very leaky in stuff that they weren't out there like saying oh yeah there's all these offers for uh when they said yeah there's for young players and a first round pick or something for oladipo it's like very transparent who that's coming from and that it's obviously not true and all these first round picks for eric gordon which i'm also skeptical on it just feels like they're very trying to get Woj to carry some water for them at times that's interesting um here, here, here's something. I'm going I'm to have you guys play GM for a little bit. If there's anything you would do that the Rockets didn't do or haven't done yet, what would, what would it be? If you could change anything, essentially. Or do something. Um, oof. Uh, it's, it's hard to say because people will not like this, but... Um, Evan Mobley um, is a hell of a player, and um, <laughs> I think I think there's a decent chance that um, that he winds up being like yeah, you very, could say it. very say top it. tier player. No, um, I mean that's not what you were gonna say. You were gonna say he ends up right. being the better player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that I would do this, but if if I was gonna start somewhere, that might be like the the foundation um because evan mobley is just and i'll be completely honest with you i was down 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 on evan mobley um and his rookie season was spectacular i mean that guy can play so that that's probably my default answer but i think i would say i wouldn't be so defensive of their like 70 million in cap coming up because uh, like the reporting seems to be that they're very cautious and taking on long money, but uh, next year's free agent crop pretty bad, and so there's and there's a lot of teams at space, so it's like you're not going to get a lot being like a cap space dump team where you're like, hey, give me a first round pick for your contract. I don't think that's going to be out there a lot. I don't think they're going to be able to spend that money, and so I'd probably be shopping around Eric Gordon to get what I want, so that it's. You're getting Eric Gordon, and I'm eating the salary next year for you, like uh, Landry Shamit or something like that. Like Tobias or something, right? Uh, when does Tobias expire? I think it's two years from now. So one year longer than Gordon? Yeah. Yeah, I'd consider that. I don't think Philly has stuff to pay for that, but something like that, just something where you're trying to get off money, and I would eat that contract next year, but it seems like they don't really want to do that. 
maybe they see themselves as more of a, a destination market than I think they are. That's a, that's a really interesting way to put it. I, uh, I'm, I'm with Kyle there on the, on the salary thing. I mean, it's, Hey, 70 million in cap space sounds great, but who are you spending it on exactly? It doesn't, you want to keep that flexibility, but you don't have to need, you don't have to have the entire 70 million, uh, so you can get, you know, LeBron James and Kevin Durant on, together. Cause that's just not going to happen. So it's just, it's, you're not going to get the two max guys in one off season, uh, in, in this rebuilding stage. I don't think that's the model for getting the Rockets back to contention. So, so cooling it on the 70 million, I totally agree with that's not one I had really thought about before Kyle mentioned it. Um, to the Evan Mobley thing. I mean, I was a big Evan Mobley guy. I thought he was the pick. Um, uh, that's, that's why I wanted the Rockets to pick. Um, I had to, I had to talk myself into Jalen Green. And, and luckily, towards the end of uh, his rookie year, he was just on fire, and the Rockets were still losing game. How about that? And so, so uh, I think we could we could potentially. It's interesting to see how like the butterfly effect works. We could be living in a in a world where the Rockets just drafted Jaden Ivey, um, and and you're looking at Jaden Ivey and and Evan Mobley, and maybe Kevin Porter makes a little bit more sense now. Or like, you know, you're, you're, or you're looking at Jabari Smith and Evan Mobley, and maybe Kevin Porter makes a little bit more sense now. We're talking differently about Kevin Porter. And so it's it's just interesting. I do think the Evan Mobley one is a big I was excited. Me. You can tell. As you were speaking there, I could see I could see his eyes light up. <laughs> Go ahead. For what? I, I'm sticking by the Jalen pick. I was Jalen pre-draft, and I'm sticking okay. with it. That's my, my hot take, I guess, compared to the field here. Okay. Well, hey, I mean, I think Sorry. we're all on the same page with with uh, with Jalen Green. I mean, we all basically had him as a lock for future All Star. So, mm. um, so, so I mean, the fact the fact that maybe Evan Mobley ends up being a better player is neither here nor there. I think the Rockets landed landed a great player regardless. But we just could be living in a totally different world. And um, um, I the one thing that I wish the Rockets would have done last season, and you know, who knows what the return would have been, but I think you just got to get Eric Gordon out to a contender. And to me, like, even if that means the return's not as great, it's like, what is Eric Gordon exactly doing? There might be some veteran leadership and teaching good habits there, but all right, Eric Gordon's just kind of wasting away the last years of his NBA career, the last years of his super effectiveness, just in Houston to win 30 games, maybe. Uh, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I'm, I'm hoping that they can trade him by the deadline this year, get him to a, a team that's playing for something, um, you know, thank him for his service and all that, but I just kind of i i'm still I'm still on team tank for one more year, so let's let's just make it happen if if anyone's even trying to win at all, like let's bring back uh, Avery Bradley, you know what I mean like if anyone's trying to win at all, let's bring back some of the tank commanders so like uh th- i I need one more year of the tank, I think so um yeah i th- I think eric gordon tra- trying to trying to move him is is the one thing that I wish that stone would really focus on this season in continuing with my theme of trying to get you guys in trouble. Um, the Rockets have selected seven first-round picks these past two years. Give me your favorite one, and give me one you would take back. My favorite one is, I think it's going to wind up being Tari Eason, because um, that man is a, a dog. <laughs> um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him play this season. Hopefully he does. Um, I think he will, though. And one I would take back, obviously, the, I mean, the the really obvious answer right now is Usman Garuba. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Garuba, um, he showed 
like like very very serious defensive potential and then it's like since then he's either been hurt or he's out of shape or um you know he's not getting playing time for one reason or another um and i i don't know um so far it just hasn't all lined up um so i guess he's my de facto answer for now yeah uh I would say my favorite is Jalen, just because it, I think he's their top end guy, their top end prospect. And uh, I'd say I like Shangun pick as well, just because at 16, even though I, I guess I'm relatively down on Shangun and some people here, that I think his median outcome is like a really, really good sixth man. And at 16, that's great. But he has the ceiling of being you way better his, than that. You said that's his median outcome. Just because of his like positional, this positional spectrum and being a center, I hear, that I hear you. I was, just, I, was just, I was just trying to clarify what you said there. Yeah. Kind of, okay. Yeah, I think he's he'll be as talented as a starter just because he's a center and has his specific deficiencies. He's like a really good six man at sixteen. That's great. So I really love that pick too. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that the least favorite is not Garuba at this point. Um, yeah, and I was really high on Garuba. I think I had him like ninth, something like that. And when they traded up for Shangun, I thought it was for Garuba. I was hoping it was for Garuba. And it's just, I, it feels like he put on weight to try and play center, and now he just doesn't move the same. And it's just, he doesn't pop at all on defense even. And then on offense, I just think there's nowhere for him to really be right now. Unless he can construct something where he's like your 6'8 center, kind of like a Vanderbilt next to Towns was last year. So I, it's just really hard to see him working out at this point. So it's got to be Garuba. I, I think the uh, the objective best answer, it's got to be Jalen Green. I mean, the theme is that he's kind of the only lock that we've all agreed on as far as future all-star cornerstone of the of the team kind of kind of guy. So I think the objective best pick uh, in, in that little class there is, is Jalen Green. But my personal favorite is even though it sounds like we're down on him, I'll put in Shingun. I mean, that, that's a guy that for me personally came out of nowhere and he is doing super fun stuff on the floor. Um, but I could totally see Tari Eason taking that spot as well. Tari Eason looks like not only is he like the exact type of guy that I think we want on the team, he's got a motor, he's making, he's got a nose for the ball, he's making all the right plays. And uh, I think more importantly, I think he fits a role on the, on the team that they'll need. Um, and, um, and so, so, the objective answer is Jalen Green. I think I think the, everyone's favorite is going to be Shengu, and I mean that much is clear just just from all the hype and all the memes that that the guy gets. And as far as least favorite, it's hard. Like Kyle and Taylor said, it's hard not to say Usman Garuba. I mean, he hasn't really seen the floor, and it's just it's hard to even know what he is at this point, especially for someone who in this rebuild process has gotten a little more casual with watching the Rockets. Like someone said at the top of this, you don't have to watch every game to understand where the Rockets are right now. Um, uh, you're not really seeing it. I, mean, I think even someone like Josh Christopher sort of came out of nowhere, and he's 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 exciting. You know, he's got he's got some he's got some flash on the floor, and 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 he seems to be getting better. And he's got he's got like a great mi- great mindset. So it's hard to say that the Rockets missed on any of the other picks outside of Garuba, and that's mostly because we haven't even seen Garuba play. Yeah, I don't mean to continue on with the Garuba stuff, but I just Twitter searched him, and I just found a very disturbing picture. 
of Usman Garuba. Yeah, I was uh, going to bring that up. No, yeah, it's it's we don't have to say <laughs> what it is. It's just man, like he guy can't catch a break. The guy cannot catch a break, especially when you consider the pick immediately after him was Quentin Grimes. Like, qu- imagine if the Rockets had drafted Quentin Grimes and Josh Christopher, like in back-to-back selections. Like, imagine how we would be thinking about this pick completely differently. I, I just, I, I, it's just a crazy. You know, we're talking about alternate realities here. Uh, you, George, you just saw it. <laughs> I just googled it, man. Yeah. Twitter searched it, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I had that same reaction. Um, I wasn't even out there to search for that. I just wanted to see what fans were saying about him. It's, it's just wow. Okay. Um, no. Um, yeah, it, it is. It is interesting to think of the alternate reality where the Rockets are drafted. Sorry, just can't. Where the Rockets are drafted, uh, Quentin Grimes and and uh, Christopher in back to back selections. Um, yeah, uh, sorry. Do, do we want to say what it is? Just, just just let the air out of the room real quick. Do you, do you want to say what it is, Kyle? You want to, you want to say what it is? I'm not. No, absolutely no? not. Okay. All right. Let that man live. Don't look it brave? up, anyone listening. I don't. Don't go. Don't Twitter. Don't Twitter him. All right. How about that? Don't Twitter search Usman Garuba. <laughs> um. Okay. So all that, all that being said, I still like he's nineteen or he was nineteen most of last year, twenty. There's a he's got a chance. But we're bringing it back just, to basketball. Okay, yeah, great. Back awesome. to basketball. <laughs> okay, all right, all like, right. He's still very young. We see guys take a long time. Like it's possible he ends up better than a couple of these other guys. But it's just right now, it's hard not to be down on what he hasn't shown. God, I just don't want this to be my lasting image of him. Like just this picture I just found on Twitter. <laughs> I feel like there's, there's a distinct. I don't want to talk about it anymore. There's a non-zero segue, chance. please, God. Yeah, there's a non-zero. Yeah, you're right. It, absolutely, there is. <laughs> it's it's scary. It's it really is scary to think about because again, we don't root for the downfall of young players. We certainly don't root for what we just found on Twitter. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, okay. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, guys. Uh, again, share your social media. Uh, and I I promise you guys this: we're not going to do this again in five years. It's not going to happen again. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know. Kyle just came back after a few months. We're gonna, we're gonna try to bring this, make this more regular because I do enjoy these little surveys. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a ton of fun. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can get together at the Apollo office and uh, hey. record in the studio. Um, yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Taylor L Pate, um, and you can check out some of our stuff over at Apollo uh, NBA. All right, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, uh, kchilly22. Uh, I don't have anything to plug. Uh, I also tweet about Pokemon. That's all I got. Uh, y'all can find me on uh, at Twitter at uh, GeorgeCFlores22. Um, if you like wrestling takes and Marvel Cinematic Universe takes, then come come at me. But um, uh, it's been a sell-off season, so but I'm pumped to talk about the Rockets again. It's really exciting. And, yeah, happy to, happy to see you guys and to talk hoops with you guys. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can do this again soon. Absolutely, absolutely. We're gonna make this a regular thing. Hopefully, we can get that set up in the Apollo Studios. It, it, it is, it is absolutely really, really fun to get. I mean, because again, we we're, we talk like almost every day. Like, it, I with the group, the website disbanded like how long ago? Like in 2018, and it's 2022, and we're still talking like at regularly. And I would not have predicted that. Um, and it, it, that, that your perspective is valuable. I mean, you guys are all really smart guys, and I and I think 
you know, uh, it's, it's a shame you guys aren't writing somewhere. Because, again, I, I do think, like, like George, like, what you said about alternate universes, that could make a great article that Rockets fans hate, right? But it'd be a great interest. It'd be an interesting article to read, right? Like, I think it'd, it'd be really interesting to see if you guys would get back into writing at some point. But in the meantime, uh, you guys, you guys can get this podcast. And again, two weeks. So this podcast come out mid September. I hope, I hope to God, an Eric Gordon trade does not happen between now and then, because then half of the shit we just said here, it's just, it's just, it's just gone. It's irrelevant. Like whatever, whatever. I, I just hope it doesn't happen. This podcast can end up being a. a judging by the, the the length of these segments like four or five hours but it's gonna be good it's gonna be good i i want you guys to go listen to it i want you guys to watch the youtube video if you guys haven't already give us five stars on itunes and yeah guys have a good rest of your day